This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Menno, Kuremburg, the Netherlands. History of Holland by George Edmondson. Chapter 35 The Reign of Queen Wilhelmina, 1898. To 1917. The Pearson-Borgesius ministry had not been long in office when Queen Wilhelmina attained her majority, on August 31, 1898, amidst public enthusiasm. At the same time, the Queen Mother received many expressions of high appreciation for the admirable manner in which for eight years she had discharged of her constitutional duties. The measures passed by this administration dealt with many subjects of importance. Personal military service was at last, after years of controversy, enforced by law, ecclesiastics and students alone being accepted. Attendance at school up to the age of 13 was made obligatory, and the subsidies for the upkeep of the schools and the payment of teachers were substantially increased. The year 1899 was memorable for the meeting of the First Peace Congress, on the initiative of Tsar Nicholas II, at the Huis ten Bosch. The deliberations and discussions began on May the 18th and lasted until June the 29th. By the irony of events, a few months later, October the 10th, a war broke out in which the Dutch people felt a great and sympathetic interest between the two Boer republics of South Africa and Great Britain. Bitter feelings were aroused and the Queen did but reflect the national sentiment when she personally received, in the most friendly manner, President Kruger, who arrived in Holland as a fugitive on board a Dutch man-of-war in the summer of 1900. The official attitude of the government was, however, perfectly correct, and there was never any breach in the relations between Great Britain and the Netherlands. The marriage of Queen Wilhelmina on February the 7th, 1901, with Prince Henry of Mecklenburg-Schwerin, was welcomed by the people as affording hopes, for some years to be disappointed, of the birth of an heir to the throne. The elections of 1901 found the liberal ministry out of favour through the laws enforcing military service and obligatory attendance at school. Against them, the indefatigable Dr. Kuiper, who had returned to active politics in 1897, had succeeded in uniting the three church groups, the democratic anti-revolutionaries, the aristocratic historical Christians, both orthodox Calvinists, and the Catholics of all sections, into a Christian coalition in support of religious teaching in the schools. The victory lay with the coalition, and Dr. Kuiper became first minister new administration introduced a measure on higher education, which was rejected by the First Chamber. A dissolution of this chamber led to the majority being reversed and the measure was passed. Another measure revised the Mackay Law and conferred a larger subsidy on private schools. The Socialist Party, under the able leadership of Trolstra, had won several seats at the election and in 1903 a general strike was threatened unless the government conceded the demands of the Socialist Labour Party. The threat was met with firmness. An anti-strike law was quickly passed, the military was called out, 
and the strike collapsed. The costly war in Aceh, which had been smoldering for some years, burst out again with violence in the years 1902-1903 and led to sanguinary reprisals on the part of the Dutch soldiery, the report of which excited indignation against responsible authorities. Various attempts had been made in 1895 and 1899 to introduce protectionist duties, but unsuccessfully. The quadrennial elections of 1905 found all the liberal groups united in a combined assault upon the Christian coalition. A severe electoral struggle ensued, with the result that 45 liberals and 7 socialists were returned against 48 coalitionists. Dr. Kuiper resigned and a new ministry under the leadership of the moderate liberal De Meester took its place. The De Meester government was however dependent upon the socialist vote and possessed no independent majority in either chamber. For the first time a ministry of agriculture, industry and trade was created. Such an administration could only lead a precarious existence and in 1907 an adverse vote upon the military estimates led to its resignation. De Heemskerk undertook the task of forming a new cabinet from the anti-revolutionary and Catholic groups, and at the next general election of 1909 he won a conclusive victory at the polls. This victory was obtained by wholesale promises of social reforms, including old age pensions and poor and sick relief. As so often happens, such a program could not be carried into effect without heavy expenditure, and the means were not forthcoming. To meet the demand, a bill was introduced in August 1911 by the finance minister, Dr. Kolkmar, to increase considerably the existing duties and to extend largely the list of dutiable imports. This bill led to widespread agitation in the country and many petitions were presented against it, with the result that it was withdrawn. A proposal made by this ministry in 1910 to spend 38 million florins on the fortification of Flushing excited much adverse criticism in the press of Belgium, England and France, on the ground that it had been done at the suggestion of the German government, the object being to prevent the British fleet from seizing Flushing in the event of the outbreak of an Anglo-German war. The press agitation met, however, with no countenance on the part of responsible statesmen in any of the countries named. It led, nevertheless, to the abandonment of the original proposal and the passing of a bill in 1912 for the improvement of the defences of the Dutch seaports generally. The election of 1913 reversed the verdict of 1909. Probably in no country has the principle of the swing of the pendulum been so systematically verified as it has in Holland in recent times. The returns were in 1913, church parties 41, liberals of all groups 39, socialists 15. The most striking change was the increase in the socialist vote their representation being more than doubled. And, as in 1905, they held the balance of parties in their hands. With some difficulty, Dr. Kort van den Linden succeeded in forming a liberal ministry. The outbreak of the Great War in August 1914 
prevented them from turning their attention to any other matters than those arising from the maintenance of a strict neutrality in a conflict which placed them in a most difficult and dangerous position. One of the first questions on which they had to take a critical decision was the closing of the Scheldt. As soon as Great Britain declared war on Germany, August 4th, Holland refused to allow any belligerent vessels to pass over its territorial waters. The events of the six years that have since passed are too near for comment here. The Liberal Ministry at least deserves credit for having steered the country safely through perilous waters. Nevertheless, at the quadrennial election of 1917, there was the customary swing of the pendulum, and an anti-liberal ministry, September the 6th, was formed with the Catholic M. Ruis de Bierenbronck as first minister. End of chapter 35